Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to Season 5, Episode 2 of the Because Maybe Podcast. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. As you notice, you hear my voice before you hear any intro music or anything like that. Um, this episode, as I mentioned in the last episode with Greg, was uh, one, of the, one of the episodes that I recorded in March of 2019. And we're now uh, way past March. Um, and a lot of the things that me and uh, Luke spoke about in the very, very beginning are so out of date that, you know, I'd... I'd, I'd it would be a disservice to the pair of us to put that on, okay? Uh, there's going to be no sponsor this week. There's going to be no... There's not even going to be a Because Maybe joke at the beginning of the episode. Um, I want to thank, sincerely thank Luke for uh, taking the time to do this with me uh, back in March. And, you know, I'm hoping that me and Luke will catch up uh, soon. Um, I have an idea for him to uh, be part of the season. And um, I'm hoping we can find the time to get together and do that. But in the meantime, um, we're going to go straight in to what uh, me and Luke spoke about in regards to The Simpsons. Um, All of our social media info is in the podcast information. And yeah, so guys, if you like what you see, go ahead and share and... We're going to go straight in to The Simpsons and what we consider some of the best episodes of all time. Cultural impact. Alright guys, so part two of The Simpsons is very, very... Like we used to do with these things, we talk about the scene in episode one, the scene in episode three, but you know what, let's get down to what made The Simpsons great, the the, the episodes. And what I did was, I, I basically pulled up a list of my favourite episodes that I thought were really, really funny and really, really iconic. And we're going to go ahead and have a, have a little chat about uh, some of the best ones. And... Yeah, I mean, some of these some of these are considered Simpsons classics, and others are just John classics. So uh, <laughs> you have to bear with me if you don't like it or not. Um, and, and and I don't just mean Luke on the other end. I mean you guys. I'm sorry, you know. So let's <laughs> let's make a start with one of the more iconic ones. Uh, it's got everything that you get from a Simpsons episode in the '90s. You had um, Phil Hartman guest starring. You had a big song number, and you had Homer out of his depth. And this is Marge versus the Monorail. What a fantastic episode! I mean, it, for me, it was for me it was like if you distill the Simpsons, this is what this is what it was, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Homer with the with the possum in the in the monorail, um, the the fact that he was flying in, you know, you see this big map of of America with all these cities, and Marge could just drive there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, selling the joke that you don't know where Springfield is. Um, mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know, that's the episode where Mr. Burns is fined for dumping nuclear waste in the local park. And a gentleman by the name of Lyle Langley, played by the great Phil Hartman, rest in peace, sir, uh, tells the city, he tries to sell the city a monorail. Uh, Marge wants to fix the Main Street Road and then figures there's something dodgy going on. And when she visits previous cities, the cities are in ruin, financial or physical, because the monorails that Langley sold them were absolute garbage. And then has a race against time to save the city and Homer. Um, and Leonard Nimoy, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he appears. <laughs> and it's just... it. For me, for me, it was just it had a really, really good musical number, the monorail song, and fantastic, fantastic song, and just Homer's obliviousness. 
was... Oh, I love the bit. Sorry to jump in if that's all right. No, no, I just no. love the bit. Um, I believe they're talking in bed. And then he, and then she says something about it being dangerous. He's like, yeah, but what if I'm having a shower and I slip on a bar of slow, uh, soap? Oh my God, I'd die. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I call the big one bitey. <laughs> that, that, that right there is just... It, it was brilliant. And then they had a legal murder done at the end of the episode and nobody better an eyelid over that one because <laughs> the plane right, he's Langley escapes on a plane and he's going to Tahiti and mm-hmm. they end up doing a short stopover at North Haverbrook which is one of the towns where he scammed and as he lands there's like a mob with pitchforks and torches going he's in 3B and you see the plane shaking and then it cuts away and you never hear from him or that town ever again <laughs> Well, even when he's sat on the plane, he's like, North Havenbrook. North Havenbrook. <gasps> North Havenbrook. <laughs> yeah. He, like, I would have hid where the captain was. It's just... But that, I mean, that that right there, like I said, that is distilled one of the... one of Simpsons formula in a nutshell. You know, crack a few gags, have a big musical number, mm-hmm. have intense sarcasm, Homer not knowing what he's doing, Marge being a busybody, and the city just being absolutely stupid. And that song, I know you've mentioned it a couple yeah. of times. How catchy is that? Oh, yeah. Monorail. What's uh, that name? Monorail. Monorail. Say yes. it again. <laughs> Monorail. It's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's perfect. It, it is in, you know, it, this, this episode, for people who don't know, has been voted regularly in every single poll that the best Simpsons episodes of all time. This episode is at least in the top three of every single poll that I've ever seen. Like, most of the time it's number one, but it's l- the lowest is three. It's never out of the top three. And I think it's because it's just so goofy. But funny at the same time. It's brilliant. It's really nostalgic for me. Yeah. It's one of the, um, when I think of Simpsons, it's one of the go-to um, that, that, that jumps straight to my mind. Because I had this series on uh, VHS. Yep. That's how long ago that was. <laughs> and I... I just loved it. I used to watch it nearly every night as a kid growing up. And oh, yeah. obviously one of the standouts was that episode. And and not just that, you had, again, I, I know I mentioned Phil Hartman here, but Phil Hartman was the best guest uh, Sim- The Simpsons ever had. Just the Troy McClure character, the Lionel mm-hmm. Hutz character, and every time he did it like a, like a cameo appearance like this one, a one-off, he made those characters work fantastically. So, you know, he, he, just, he just did really, really well. I think this episode was written by Conan O'Brien, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, for British listeners, he, he made a couple of cameo appearances. But for U.S. listeners, you, you know who Conan O'Brien is. Conan O'Brien is one of the guys who uh, has one of the late night TV talk shows over here, which is like gold. And he was involved in the whole scandal with um, losing the Tonight Show and winning the Tonight Show. I don't, I don't know. He's a good, funny guy, though. Uh, and he's a great writer as well. I didn't know he um Written the episode, actually. Yeah, he actually, during that time between like uh, 94 and 96... He either wrote or touched up a good ten or twelve episodes. Mm, nice, and I think I, that, I never realized he was so involved. Yeah, and I think that's that's another reason what made that era so funny as well is because you had actual com- comedians and comedy writers writing the show, and stand-up comics are always in touch with their audience more than anyone else. So if you know what your audience likes, you you know you can definitely. Um, get a TV show written a lot better than somebody who is sitting in an office for 20 hours a day. Mm, definitely. So another episode that I love, right? 
and this is my favorite Simpsons episode, is you only move twice. Now, this is the episode where uh, Homer moves to uh, Cypress Creek and starts being employed by a James Bond-style supervillain in Hank Scorpio. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> yes. Uh, have, you, have you seen this one? Yeah, another one. Yeah. Um, it's nostalgic. I love it. Yeah, and, and this one this one was on VHS for me as well. I just wore it out. Um for those of you who don't know, let me go through the plot real quick. Uh, Smithers turns on a job uh, at a nuclear power plant in Cypress Creek. Homer is offered because he's the next longest tenured employee at the power plant. His new boss is the complete opposite of Mr. Burns, who is a fun-loving, energetic, and eccentric, uh, charismatic boss. However, he is also a James Bond-style supervillain, aiming over to take over the world. And, again, Homer's obliviousness is, is I guess, the biggest running gag in this episode. Oh yeah, it really is. He stops like James, the James Bond hero, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Was he uh, getting something out of a vending machine? Yeah, he was getting something out of a vending <laughs> machine, and he tackles him, and then he goes over and says, "Well, I tackled a slacker at work today." <laughs> <laughs> and like he walk, he walks in to ask about uh, hammocks, right? Because he he's motivating his team, and he need, and they're a little tired, so he's like, you know what, I need some hammocks, and he walks in and like. He, the boss goes hang on a minute I'll be right back does his conference call with the UN blows up the bridge turns around and goes okay you want hammocks they're in the hammock district uh, <laughs> and Homer's like oh okay yeah 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 um, I think the I think the best thing about this episode wasn't just the, the Homer's obliviousness to um, his boss it was it was the, dr- the, the dramatic side of the episode that I thought made this episode really really good mm-hmm. and, I, and I know the Simpsons and drama are not you know, intertwined or anything like that. But um, when they move, Marge can't handle not doing anything. Lisa is allergic to everything, and Bert is put in the uh, remedial class at school. And yeah. they're all miserable, even though Homer is having the best time of his life professionally and, you know, personally. He's he's respected at work. He's respected by his boss. His family look up to him, and then all of a sudden he sees that they're miserable, and he has to make the sacrifice of... Do we? Do I keep my family miserable, or do I become miserable to make my family happy? And he makes the right decision in and the end. He does because he would have uh, he would have ended up uh, being part of the uh, building that was uh, killed by everyone at the end. <laughs> exactly, he dodged a bullet there. I think I think my favorite line in that episode was uh, he walks in to give his resignation. And he's so despondent, and his boss is like, "Well, let them go home. You can stay with me. You can, you know, you and I can go bowling." And as the boss, and as Scorpio says, "Bowling," an explosion happens off screen, <laughs> like a grenade had just been thrown. You and I can go bowling. He's <laughs> like, "Okay, well, you can leave, but um, if you can kill one or two people on the way out, that'd be really, really helpful." And as he walks out, he kicks a grenade back into. <laughs> Yeah, just so nonchalant. Yeah, and, just and a little he, flick. And he didn't get it. Even the newspaper that was delivered at the end of the episode, where it said, um, "Supervillain seizes East Coast," and he's like, doesn't get it. And then the Denver Broncos are dropped on his front doorstep. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, of course I forgot about that bit. <laughs> because his, his Homer's dream was um, to own the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and in the mid '90s, the Dallas Cowboys were, you know, were fantastic. And then he was given the Denver Broncos. Like, ugh. Now, you know, th- th- this decade, if he'd have flipped it around, the joke would have been funny too. I want to win the Denver Broncos. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys. 
I just I think I remember he's just like opens the door, he says, Oh, the Denver Broncos <laughs> and just shuts the door. I mean it for 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 those listening right now in Britain who have no idea about American football, imagine you wanted to own Manchester United. And you open up your door and there sitting there is West Brom. <laughs> I mean, Pretty disappointing, and with Tony Pulis there and his hat and his yeah, yeah, and his uh, official club shop merch. <laughs> if, yeah, <laughs> he likes to wear, unless he's uh, naked headbutt and James Beatty in the shower. Um, yeah, what a weird story. <laughs> oh, <goodness laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, like I said, this is that's my all-time favorite episode, hands down, because it's just so absurd and it's the James Bond thing. I always love James Bond parodies to begin with. Because yeah, James, they spoof it so well. Because James Bond is so over the top to begin with, you know? But, like, seeing everything from the from the bad guy's point of view, especially that line in there, so are you at least going to tell me your plans again? <laughs> I'm not falling for that this time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what movie was that? It was, I think it was Austin Powers that did that. Are you at least going to shoot him? No, I'm going to tell him my plans, shut the door, and slowly assume that he died. What, what, what's, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they poke, they poke fun at it in the best way, don't they? Oh yeah, and, and I, mean, I think everyone gets it as well. And and that's the thing too. When they, it's the authenticity of it's the authenticity of the parody that makes a parody funny. And every mm-hmm. time the Simpsons parodied something, they 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 parodied it down to the finest detail, mm-hmm. which is what I think made it as funny as it was. Yeah, it's it's the way I always see parodies is um, people look at them as simple humor, but you still have to do it right, and so many fail. Oh, yeah. Just look at the Scary Movie series. Oh, yeah. Scary Movie 1 was one of the funniest um, parodies I'd ever seen in my life. I didn't see Scary Movie 2 because I just didn't feel like watching it. And then when I saw Scary Movie 3, I was like, what the heck have you become? Yeah. You know? But uh, that, that's, that, that franchise died pretty quickly for me as well. Oh, yeah. But that first one was absolutely hilarious. And it, Yeah, again, I like that one too. Again, it was so perfect. So... All right, we go to another uh, heartwarming episode, and uh, doesn't involve the. It doesn't center around the Simpsons family, which I like. I like it when an episode doesn't center around the Simpsons family. Every now and then, um, Hurricane Nady. Uh, Flanders is home, and his business are destroyed in the hurricane that destroys Springfield, and he just completely snaps on everybody and commits himself to a, to a mental institution. And that right there sounds like a... Why would that be funny? Well, again... Um, okay, at the beginning of the episode, when the Hurricane's coming in, they descri- they they go, okay, let's get in the cellar. It's a standard grandpa drill. That line right there was just... I, di- I didn't realize it for years and years, and then I realized what, I, what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> Gran- Grandpa's coming. Everybody in the cellar, quick. Um... <laughs> Flanders doesn't like doesn't have insurance because uh, he considers it gambling. He tied his house down, but yet this house was destroyed. One of the one of his sons was stuck in the tree, <laughs> through the tree, going, "I have a headache." Uh, <laughs> Simpsons and, just does it so well. Yes, and and then well, it, well, it did anyway. I should it, it did, and we, we will get to that here in a little bit. And then you you go to the bit where he's you know he he they go to the church as the the shelter, and there's Flanders and his family. And nobody else is affected by it, even though he's the most. You know, it, it tested his faith. He got a finger cut on, on, on the church's Bible. 
and then they found out that their home was rebuilt overnight by a bunch of people. Uh, whole, I think it's this episode that utters the, the, the classic line, hey, this is Homer Simpson. Remember that time I paid that loan off? Now I need you to do me a favor. Uh, <laughs> and they rebuilt his house um, shoddily. There's a toilet in the kitchen. You know, Chief Wiggum goes, have you ever tried to lug a toilet up a flight of stairs? Um, <laughs> yeah, we just left it here then. Yeah, we just left it here. Um, the Lord Bear imposter... Um, and then the the, the, the the homage to uh, the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie, which was awful, um, where they opened the mini door in the background, there's Barney. Hey, this is your master bedroom. And then Flanders just completely snaps because um, we don't know this at the time, but Flanders was um, went through an eight-month spanking uh, punishment as a child and it's it kind of stopped him from expressing his negative emotions to the point where whenever he did his diddlies, it was him trying to be angry but not knowing how to express it, and then it went to you know to where he where he's just yelling at everybody. A lady comes up, uh, he goes to the lady, he goes, I don't know who you, are, who you are, but I'm sure you're a jerk. And he's like, Wait, I just got here. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really he really does flip. He it's boiling point, isn't it? At that point for him. I think and my... he just unleashes on everybody. Oh yeah, except Homer. Well, he does, but he's like, "Ooh, I got off easy." We're like, "Homer, you are the worst person I've ever met." <laughs> he's like, "Ooh, I got off easy on that one." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love there was two, there was two, there was two jokes back to back that I loved, right? Because the way, the way I always saw The Simpsons is they always did a really funny joke, then a kind of funny joke, then a hit or miss joke and then a hilarious joke again right and it was we need you to get in touch with somebody who is the most annoying person you know can you think of that and then it cuts to Homer with the phone ringing right so that's that's a little giggle it's like hello no I don't know who Ned Flanders is it's like it's the man who lived next door for his house blew down oh him <laughs> and like we just watched six or seven seasons of, of the pair of them went back and forth back and forth <laughs> Just Homer in a nutshell, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think, um, and I spoke about this before, I think that um, American TV does does a dis- disservice to their popular characters. Like, the ones who are lacking common sense at the beginning of a series are downright stupid by the end of a series. Yeah, I know it's that with Friends as yeah, well. Friends, um, my, you know, I, I'm a dad. I've watched, the, I've watched every episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. And you watch those older episodes and you realize that he's just he's just naive and childlike and a little annoying, but he's actually intelligent. Mm-hmm. And now he's just annoying and stupid and it's not funny anymore, you know? Um, and the same thing happens... Is it just... Sorry, is it just a go-to arc in American shows? I think it is because it, it, it's on every show. Yeah. I mean, comments... It's, it's, it's they ramp up the worst characteristics in a character... But if they just let that character be subtle, like it is... I mean, Homer wasn't stupid when the series first started. He was mm-hmm. boorish, selfish, and lacked a little common sense. Not too much. Just a little. And then they did the episode where he had the crayon up his nose, and he's, he's like, my IQ is 45. And it's like, oh, really? You know, yeah. he wasn't stupid back then. He did stupid things and made stupid impulses, but he wasn't lacking intelligence 
But even sometimes, like uh, in the older episodes, he'll do stupid things, but then he'd come out with a reason why he did it. Yeah. And you're like, I can kind of see the logic. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, so you can kind of understand where he's coming from, and he's not completely stupid. Yeah. Whereas now, it's just, I don't know. Oh, look, he's, I'm going to jump off this building. A, yeah, exactly. It's just, well, stupid. He really is stupid now. And, and, and again, like you said, with friends that happened, um, my wife used to watch Two and a Half Men and one of the characters, you know, it, and, and they get stupider and stupider and stupider and stupider. And then you think, why am I watching this? I'm now watching somebody with below average intelligence do something that is going to get them hurt for a cheap laugh. Mm. It, it doesn't seem to happen as much in UK. No. And, and it comes as I can think, that I can think of, sorry. As, as long, as long as it's not Mrs. Brown's boys. I don't like that. I've never liked that, so I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I saw th- I saw three minutes of it on YouTube, and I almost wrote to YouTube wanting my money back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to skip ahead. Talking of Holman's stupidity, right? We're going to jump ahead to mm-hmm. Flaming Moles, right? Uh, the this episode, uh, Moles Tavern fails to pay their uh, brewery bill, and Homer teaches more drink. And more uh, turns his fortune round, and basically ruins his friendship by changing the name of the drink and excluding Homer from everything. And at the end, Homer lets slip the ingredient, the secret ingredient that nobody could figure out, thus restoring their friendship. Now, on the one hand, that doesn't sound very funny, right? But on the other hand, it was hilarious, but it also showed Homer's good side, right? Mm-hmm. He trusted one of his best friends with one of his party piece secret, you know, family recipes. And he got taken advantage of. Superbly taken advantage of. And he he let it go and let it go and let it go. And then finally when he snapped, he let the cat out the bag and then all was forgiven, right? Mm-hmm. And it showed the three stages of Homer. The trust inside... The um, the trusting side, the spiteful side, but the forgiving side. Because Homer has a big heart. Yeah, he really does. And he might he he, he was he might be portrayed as a, a stupid moron right now, but he was a lovable off back in the day. Yeah, you know he was smarter than Fred Flintstone, but now he's dumb. You know. And so the, the the way it went about it was they were telling the story of Homer going into depression and everything like that. And you, you think depression is not a funny story, but like some of the jokes that they had in here, um, the Cheers parody, you know, um, Cheers, Cheers was a great show. And then like they actually got Woody Harrelson in to do one line, you know, of of the um, uh, of the barman. I can't even remember his name. Power of the Simpsons back then. Yeah. Definitely. They had the Red Hot Chili Peppers. In, no, it wasn't the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was Aerosmith. Uh, Aerosmith. Was it Aerosmith? Yeah. yeah. Walk This Way. I couldn't remember. If, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers was on a different episode. I'll, we'll get to that one here in a bit. Um, and it was just, you know, it was, again, it was funny with the gags that they had. Like, for example, Bart took the, the drinks, to the, the alcohol to school to make the drink, right, to show his friends that he created it. And the, uh, the line was, but these, these alcohol bottles will be going to the teacher's lounge and you can have what's left of them at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <wait a> <laughs> and, 
<laughs> and like we all came to school that Monday the first, after the first time that aired, and like our, our teachers like our, we we do not drink alcohol here at St. Joseph's School. Okay. We we kind of figured, you know, except for the sacramental wine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like with with Simpsons back in the day with like little jokes like that, they um, it's not so in your face. Do you know no. what I mean? So they they say it, and then you can you you can think about it, and they lead you down the path, but they don't just outright come out and say, yeah, you know, definitely. you can have what's left at the end of the day because we're going to drink everything. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It was- and yet now it's more in your face. It's just what. I think, um, oh, what was it? I think it was Father Ted, right? Um, oh, what a show. That great show. Um, I don't know which episode it was, right? Because I've seen them all, but they all kind of blend together, not in a bad way, in a, you know, in a good way. I can't remember what, what the episode was. But the joke was um, that Ted missed an appointment to officiate a funeral. And then he panics when he finds out that Mrs. Dahl told Dougal to go do the funeral. <laughs> and he shakes him like you let Dougal do a funeral and then he cuts to right the hearse is on its side there's two ambulances there everything's <laughs> on fire and he's like sorry about that and that was the joke right <laughs> nowadays that joke would be well we've got to figure out why the hearse is in the wall and you know mm-hmm. we've got to show the whole no the whole joke is you wondering how the heck the situation happened yeah not you know you the imagination of what could have happened and makes it funnier, you know? And then you exactly. have... Yeah. And now it's like, well, we're going we're gonna to drink all your alcohol. Wink, wink. It's like, really? You know, we, we figured it out. You know, we, we we know that's what made it funny. Now you've just, you know... Yeah, definitely. And, oh, Father Ted, just quickly on that. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Do you remember the episode when he's trying to um, the, trying to uh, reassure people he's not a racist. Yes. Oh, and man. there's that smudge in the window. And, oh. he's, and he's doing the rant. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I hear you. I hear you're a racist now, Father. What's the church's <laughs> official stance on that? It's like, <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. That, that's actually one of my favorite uh, things that I use these days. Is whenever I hear of a, like a politician doing stuff, you know, it's like, oh, that money was just resting in my account. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bishop Brennan too. Oh, it's, one of my favorite characters. So and again, it's because it's sub- because it's subtle, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't do that yeah. now because no, because it's just too in your face. Um, talking of something that was subtle, uh, Krusty gets cancelled was one of my favorite episodes too. Uh, that was where after years of putting on lackluster TV show with no competition, um, Krusty the Clown is cancelled because a new show takes his audience. Um, I doubt he is, but if the WWE are listening to this, you need to watch this episode. It'll give you a little hint about what's going on over here. Um, <laughs> so then they do the uh, Krusty comeback special, and that right there was absolutely again. It was it was funny and subtle, you know. Um, okay, there's a bit in there where where you find out that '90s heartthrob Luke Perry and Herschel Krostovsky are stepbrothers, right? <laughs> And they do the bit of, come on, I want to be part of the show. And then he thinks, hmm, okay, I'll put you in front of a can. Hmm. And then they shoot him out of a cannon, and he smashes into the wall. And then they show the pictures of what he looks like now on Gruesome <laughs> gruesome Faces Monthly. And then you realize it's just a dream in Krusty's head. You know? Yeah. Uh, you had the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and um, that, that was their cameo. It was in this episode. See, I was got I was got that confused, but they were saying give it away, 
And it was like, look, the network has a problem with some of your lyrics. Like, well, we're not going to be censored. Well, okay, but instead of saying um, what I've got, I want to get and put it in you, you can say what I want is to hug and kiss you. And they all went, oh, actually, that's better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's everybody was self-aware, you know? Yeah. It was breaking fourth wall without winking to the camera, you know? Which is the best best type of humour yeah. or comedy, in, in my opinion, anyway. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, hang on a minute. For those of you listening, I've got an air conditioner and a heater going on at the same time. I don't know why they are. Oh, well. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> what what made that funny, too, was, um, you know... Okay. Cressy's broken homeless. He's holding a sign, we'll drop pens for food. <laughs> and... Yeah. But and Lisa go say, Krusty, how's it working out for you? Well, you know, it's not really working because that guy behind me is giving it away for free. And then it's like Jasper and Grandpa Simpson staying at the corner with their pants around their ankles trying to pull them up, but they can't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, what was what was the best part of it? Um, the, uh, that'll hold the little SOBs. And this is, this is the bit I find funny about that, right? They, they... This is the only blot on this episode that I, that I can give it, right? They they built up Gable as this really, really, you know... He's coming in. He's taking Krusty's audience. He He's still keeping his audience, even through Scandal. And then you don't hear about him for the second half of the episode. Mm. Like, at all. And I'm thinking, well, hang on. He's the reason why Krusty needed a comeback special. They could have at least thrown a gag where, you know, he burned a puppet or something, you know? Yeah, continuity error there a little bit. And that was one of the episodes written by Conan O'Brien as well, I think. So, not just continuity, but like the the amount of special guest stars that they had on that too, I think, was the high point of special guest stars. Because mm-hmm. you had um, Johnny Carson, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Bette Midler, um, Liz Taylor. Out of everybody in there, Liz Taylor was like did like six or seven different cameo appearances on The Simpsons. And you think that she's too high class for something like that, you know? Uh, Simpsons back then, though, such a pull. Yeah, definitely. One of the biggest shows on TV, really, wasn't it? I think, yeah. And I mean, it was the biggest, it definitely was. It definitely was. And it was the biggest show worldwide. Mm -hmm. Had to be, you know. Um, And I think that's a golden age of American TV in modern times. You know, you had things like The Simpsons, Friends, uh, Star Trek. excuse me, just a lot of good TV shows that were funny, intelligent, subtle, but really, really good. You know, the dramas Mm -hmm. were very dramatic, the comedy was very funny, and the irrelevancy was was very, very irrelevant. Was was ER around then as well? Yes, ER was around. ER and I think Chicago Hope was the other one as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was just, it was brilliant. Now, of course, you know, the greatest TV show in the history of TV was, was also done in the 90s which is The Sopranos. Um, I actually haven't watched that. If you haven't, I recommend you, you, you watch it when you can. It is brilliant. I have heard all my friends do rave about it. I just never got around to it. I'm not really sure why, but it's, I need it's, to try it out. It's probably the same reason why I never got around to watching Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> oh, you've not seen Breaking Bad? I've seen like about three or four episodes, and it was good. It was all right, but I just never, I just never found time to watch it. You know, yeah, it didn't hook you. It didn't hook me straight away. Now I hear, I hear it was a, it was a sleeper. So mm-hmm. maybe by episode five, I would have gotten into it. But I just, I honestly didn't have the time to finish up with it. Um, and you get to say the same thing for Mad Men too. 
Yeah, I've not seen Mad Men. No, my wife loves Mad Men, and I'll, I'll be honest, when I saw it, it was really, really good. I just never found the time to watch it. But then again, she likes stuff like that. She likes uh, that, that I, I don't know, she likes anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, talking of things that uh, were really, really good back then, let's talk about music for a minute. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm, look, I'm trying not to be the old man who hates modern music. Right? I'm not. Gonna, I'm not trying to be that guy. But um, the episode Homer's Barbershop Quartet, where you have, you know, uh, Homer Skinner, Apu, and Barney uh, as as like the the biggest barbershop band in the history of barbershop. You know, it was it was a really really good episode, and I like the flashback episodes too because you get to see Homer with hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was always fun. <laughs> but but not just that it was like you know really really it was a good parody of the Beatles it was a really good parody of the Beatles because you had um, the subtlety surrounding the name right uh, mm-hmm. you, ca- you, you you cannot be called Apu Nahasapima Petalon you have to be Apu de Vomarche because you know it won't fit on a marquee uh, you know, subtle nod at uh, 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 Richard Starkey, you know, Ringo Starr. See, I, I don't actually know much about the Beatles, so really? I wouldn't have got. Yeah, I wouldn't have got the nods. Um, I know that's a bit mad being a Liverpool fan as well. But, um, <laughs> well, no, it, uh, yeah, I've just never got into their music. I don't know why. No, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, I like the Beatles, and I think they were very, very influential. But as far as their music goes, now listening to it is it is very, very dated. I guess mm-hmm. is the way to say it, and not not only that. But a lot of their stuff, they were releasing two albums. They released two albums a year for ten years, on average. No, well, not ten years. It was six years. Excuse me. So they had like twelve or thirteen albums, mm-hmm. and you know, with that amount of, of output and the and the space and time where they had to put the output, there, there are a lot of bad Beatles songs. There's some great ones, but there are a lot of. I've always seen it as, it's either really really good or really really bad. You know. Yeah, and um, I've always thought that the, the Who were better, <clears throat> and I, I I like I do like some of the Who songs actually. And if you want to go into even more modern terms, I think that Oasis were better than the pair of them. But you know, that's that's probably a product of of where I grew up, when I grew up. You know, yeah, uh, I'd probably agree with you though. Oasis, they, I mean, they were they're one of my favorite bands, or they were. Um, and I I actually managed to catch their last ever gig. Really. Yeah, in Manchester. Sweet. Um, I got to I got to see him, and I believe it was Kasabian who was supporting them as well. That, and I'm a Kasabian fan, so that was pretty cool. That that's a gig, man. That I wish I that I wish I could have saw. Not the last one necessarily, but Oasis with Kasabian. You know, oh, uh, it was really good. I, I I always wanted to see Oasis with Travis. You know, because I was I I was a big fan of early Travis before they became um, the inspiration for Coldplay and Star Sailor and mm-hmm. the, and the like. But I, I'm still a big still a big uh, fan of them but like their music I think defined what I was what I was l- looking for as, as a music fan right and I think mm-hmm. in the 60s it was the same with the Beatles but it's just some bands age well some bands don't and I don't think the Beatles have aged as well as maybe they could yeah I'd but, go along with that I know there will be a lot of people who probably disagree but I, I would agree with that to be honest but then the, again it, it's always down to preference isn't it it's exactly really exactly i mean there are people who like disco you know um <laughs> disco stew being one Dis- of them <laughs> disco stew yeah, there you go um but i think the best part right of this episode was not only the the beatles uh parody 
all right and it was done tastefully you know it, it was um you know it none of them got and and, and I know this might sound glib and I apologize, but like they didn't have one of them shot and replaced or, you know, whatever they didn't have. Mm-hmm. It was just basically everything that was, that was in pop culture about the Beatles that, that everybody knew that, you know, that, that, that they put into there. So they had to change one of the guy's names because Richard Starkey doesn't sound as cool as Ringo Starr, you know, um, you were the, uh, George Harrison was known as the quiet one. So they named principal Skinner the funny one, you know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, Reports have, nods. reports have you as the funny one. What do you say? Yes. And that was it. You know, it was just this thing. Um, they kicked the, the least performing member out of the band and replaced him with somebody far better. Now, I I, I don't Look, I, I love Ringo Starr, but if Ringo Starr is the better drummer, how bad of a drummer are you? Um, <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> and, and, and I will admit, I am a horrible drummer. And Ringo is a better drummer than I am, but um, I'm glad that Uncle Keith taught Zach Starkey how to play drums as opposed to Daddy. Uh, <laughs> but the the other things too, like the um, <coughs> we want to be called uh, the Silver Bullets, ha 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 ha, because they were the Silver Beetles, you know, and and just stuff like that. And the George Harrison cameo was hilarious as well. You know, they they brought George Harrison in, and he said literally. Four lines. No, three lines. Hello, Homer. I'm George Harrison. And then Homer goes, oh my god, oh my god! Where did you get that brownie? On the table over there. <laughs> and then Homer runs off and eats all the brownies, and so Harrison's third line is, what a charming fellow. And then at the end, where they do the con- where the b- where the B-Shops reunite and do the concert on the roof, he winds the window down, he looks at him and goes, eh, it's been done before, and rolls off. And that's it, they got one of the greatest musicians in the history of music to say four irrelevant lines in a TV show. Again, the pull, as, as you've said, the pull of the Simpsons. And nobody batted an eyelid. They thought, yep, that's that's just part and parcel of it, you know. Um, yeah. I like the idea of Homer being a Grammy-winning superstar that nobody remembers and there's no money left from, from his Tom. <laughs> and the whole, you know, <laughs> Barney's got a Japanese conceptual artist for a girlfriend. Um... <clears throat> Just, just, just a really, really good episode. If you were a fan, if you were a fan of music, and you're a fan of the Beatles, watch Homer's Barbershop Quartet. It is a really, really good episode. A great episode, I should say. Oh goodness! So let's have a look at um anything, anything you see here that that you might think. Yeah, um, the one that jumps off to me is Bart versus Australia. That oh, yes. is. That is one of my all-time favorites as well. Another one that I watched a hell of a lot when I was a kid. Definitely. Um, I don't know. It just even <laughs> even at the I know I'm jumping ahead here, but at the end of the episode, and you know they're like, oh, you know, thank God we escaped. Blah blah blah. Helicopters going away, or, and it just pans the camera pans down, and it's just that frog. Yeah, and it's just like dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant. The thing, I, the thing I love about the most is like they they portrayed Australia and America having so bad relations that it went Vietnam. Yeah, because like that, that that helicopter scene where they all jump out of the embassy. That is the um when the U.S. embassy closed in Vietnam. That is a parody of that. Which looking back now, it's a little tasteless. But back then, it was it was just again it was funny portraying the Australian American relationship that 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 you know was that bad mm-hmm. and it wasn't you know it was just basically uh, basically a vehicle to make jokes about Foster's Lager and Crocodile Dundee 
Yeah. Oh my days. You call that what what's he say? You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. <laughs> oh, I see you've played knifey spoony before. Yeah. It just walks out <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> it's just like what? Oh. Give me the biggest beer that you got. Great. What do you want? Uh, I'll have a cup of coffee. Beer it is. <laughs> no. Coffee. Beer. Beer. <laughs> coffee. Beer. No, no. Coffee. Beer. C-O-B-E. And just, just going on and on and on and on, you know. And, and like, oh, my God, that was so funny. Uh, the flag. They, 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 they doctored the flag. So that the stars of Australia had a, a butt with a boot next to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. You know, uh, Mr. Simpson, quiet. Disparaging the boot is a bootable offense. Uh... <laughs> oh, it's such a good episode. Even just the start when he plays the prank and the kid like cycles for days. Yes. <laughs> just to go and pass on this message. I think... Oh. That that's also my favorite Homer's brain gag, All right? Because Homer's you know Homer's got okay, he gets the phone bill. He's like, Burkina Faso, disputed zone. Who's calling these countries? And his brain goes, uh, quiet. It might have been me. I can't remember. No, you know what? <laughs> you know what? No, I'm going to talk to Marge and the kids. No, 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 no. Don't do that. You embarrass us both. Look, write write a check, and I'll release some endorphins. <laughs> so Homer writes the check. And goes, ah. Oh. <laughs> see that that is classic simpsons yeah it's it, done right it's it's it, it, uh, Hol- but the great thing about that was Hol- again homer wasn't showing that he was stupid but he was influenced by his brain you know definitely mm-hmm. um but w- w- the thing i love most about that episode is um that when they tried to get into the uh, kangaroos oh yeah Oh my days, I forgot about that bit. <laughs> and so they they come in and then it's like, uh, we can't do that. It's not like it in the cartoons, it's like you are a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, they did th- that episode, that is definitely up there in my top five, I think. Yes. Uh, one of the things that I didn't realise until I moved over here, they actually cut a lot out in the British broadcast. Oh really? Yeah, not not too much, but like, um okay. There's a scene where Homer walks into... Uh, they walk into the embassy, right? And mm-hmm. the sign says, Welcome to America, or some, something along those lines. And there's a Marine standing there, you know, at attention. He goes, back goes, Hey, genius, the sign's broken. And the Marine goes, Actually, sir, the embassy is considered United States soul, sir. And Homer goes, Really? Look, now oh, I'm in yeah. America. Yeah, right? Now I'm in America, now yeah. I'm in Australia. He does that, and then the Marine punches him, right? Now, in the British <laughs> version, it just it just cuts to the next scene, Right? In the American version, it was, uh, he gets punched. He goes, ow, why'd you punch me? Sir, in America, we don't take that kind of crap, sir. And that's it. You know, just one extra line would have made that so much more funnier. Oh, see, it, on the um, VHS version, it had that in. Oh, it did? Because I've seen that, so maybe they cut it for, uh, you know, when it was on TV. Probably for Sky. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember it on the VHS. Right. Now, now that you said it, it's just coming back to me. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> it's just... So matter of fact, this marine. <laughs> Not only okay, the other the other thing too. Okay, um, Bart goes to do the boot. One kick with a regular shoe through the gates. He pulls down his pants, says, "Eat my shorts," and the riot starts. And you know that's when they lead to the embassy escape. You see the marines folding the flag, and then eating it. Eating it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's it's just funny. It is. It's it's it's, it's just again, funny. It's irrelevant, but here's here's the thing too, right? And I think we we kind of touched upon it. In theory, right? The idea of Homer and Bart causing an international incident, considering their selfishness, their attitudes, and so on and so forth, it's not that far fetched, right? Mm-hmm. Every single one of these episodes that we've talked about, with the exception of maybe um, the Hank Scorpio episode, right, could realistically have happened. Yeah. So everything. Actually, that, could have. Yeah. yeah. Everything that we've talked about so far, and I think that's what made it like. There was nothing really to compare it to at the time. Maybe the Flintstones and the Jetsons, right? But um, that's what made it so funny. It was because of the fact that all of its storylines was was seated in reality. I can imagine a lot of families watching episodes and turning around to someone in the family and going, I can imagine you doing this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, for, for for the longest time, uh, my sister's called my dad Homer. Uh, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> how, does your ta- how does your dad take that? Oh, I don't know if he noticed or not. But then again, we used to call my, gr- <laughs> we used to call my grandfather Father Jack at Tom's. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that story off camera. Um you know, one of the episodes that that's on this list that I thought was funny um, when I first watched it, and the first few times I watched it, was the 22 short films about Springfield. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons I'm put off it right now is because the internet fell in love with the least funniest part of it. And what I mean by that is, okay, for a start, it, was, it might have been 22 short films about Springfield, but it was basically um, half of those were a parody of Pulp Fiction, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Great and, film. Yeah. And, um, you know, you had uh, Wiggum and Snake being... Uh, w- Wiggum and Snake being tied up in the... Uh, in the in Not the uh, baseball shop, but the uh, army surplus supply. You know, mirroring the mm-hmm. scene that was in there. Um, Wiggum gets run down by Snape and S- Snake and starts chasing him, going, hey, we need to swap insurance details, you know. And just, just everything like that. And then that was funny. Uh, the dude in the automobile who couldn't sit in the car you know, getting out, he's seven foot tall, driving a small car. That happens. I know people who are over six foot six tall and drive, like, smart cars. And I know people who are under five foot who drive Cadillacs. You know, it it, <laughs> it, it, it does happen. It doesn't, I, yeah, it doesn't match up. <laughs> doesn't match up. So those things are funny. You know, the Royale with cheese versus McDonald's argument. Funny. And then all of a sudden, we're talking about steamed hamburgers. Mm. And... To be honest, okay, I understand the um, Skinner and Super Nintendo Chalmers um, dynamic, you know, where he's deathly afraid of him and everything like that. But that, out of the 22 short films, that was probably the least funniest. Yeah. I I, I just never got it, you know. It, and, and now, the apparently, the internet thinks it's the funniest thing ever, and there's, like, parodies and, um, what's the word, type, type, typography videos and and stuff and it's like watch the other 21 episodes of of that you know they're funnier a lot funnier you know the internet has a way of doing that though doesn't it i mean i've seen so many shows where they cherry pick something and you think yeah it's kind of funny but you you've literally just missed the best part of that episode or you know something along those lines that they just well, they don't pick, and then it goes viral, and it's like, oh, I guess really? the rest is history with it. And and I think it's I think they pick the safe ones, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to 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 the uh, to the funny ones. 
Um, but one of the other things, you know, that that that, that in the early Simpsons did right, it got a reaction from the most at the time the most powerful man in the world. Right, uh, when he was running for president in 1992, uh, George W. George H. W. Bush said um, something along the lines of. In America, we, we've lost our values. We need to start being more like the Waltons and not like the Simpsons in his campaign. Uh, yeah, I've heard that um, quote before, actually, quite a few times. And the Simpsons, God bless them, they said, yeah, we, yeah, we, we're waiting for the end of the Depression, too. You know, because at the time, America was in a recession. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they went back and forth, back and forth. And then they brought in uh, the character of George W. H.W. Bush to move in across the street. <laughs> And I loved that episode. It was so funny, and it was so prophet- uh, prophetic in in something, right? And I'll, I'll get mm-hmm. I'll get to that here in a minute. But um, for those of you who who were wondering, George, it wasn't the real George Bush. He didn't, you know, he didn't provide the voice. I think it was Dana Carvey who did it, because Dana Carvey did a great George Bush impression for Saturday Night Live back in the day. Um, so Homer and Bush take an instant dislike to each other, whereas Marge and Barbara Bush get along. And they they do a pair of sabotaging pranks to each other, and they end up having a fist fight in the middle of the street, which <laughs> which the Bushes leave in disgrace. And then Gerald Ford shows up, and Homer and Ford strike a bond because they were so like personality. And nobody at the time knew that Gerald Ford was a bumbling klutz, mm. which which I think is slightly unfair to his legacy, but also true as well. Um, the bit I loved about this episode, right? My favorite bit in this thing was the um, was the prank where they put the super glue on the wig, and they put a clown wig on George H. W. Bush right before he was supposed to give a speech towards some business thing, right? <laughs> and the bit that I find funny is this, and everybody over this side of the world said it before. There was a knock on the door, and it's like, uh, "Who is it? It's your sons." George Bush Jr. and Jeb Bush. Right? Yeah. Do you know why they said George Bush Jr.? I I don't know. Okay. At the time, when this was recorded in 98 or 95, between 95 and 98, this was recorded, everybody assumed that the next president after Bill Clinton would be Jeb Bush. Right? Not a single... Oh, right, okay. Not a single person in mainstream America had any idea that there was another Bush. Even more so, they didn't know his name. So that's like literally, you know, me, me going, you know, to somebody, let's say, uh, me go, okay, say me going to the Simpsons house, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, here are your children, Bart and Homer Jr. You know, if he had two yeah. sons, yeah. Nobody knew, who, nobody knew who George W. Bush was. The, the writers of The Simpsons didn't know who he was, so to make the joke, they had to throw a name out there, so they went, uh, George Bush Jr., that that works. Just just throw it in there, throw it in there. Nobody realized who he was. <laughs> Man, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they did not, they, they, they hadn't, because everybody was expecting Jeb Bush to be president, or at least run at the time, and nobody knew who George, George Bush was. So it's like, oh. Well, see, at the time... Well, I, you know, I'm, I don't know. When I watched this for the first time, I was probably in my early teens or, you know, yeah. around nine. And <laughs> obviously, I wouldn't know who George Bush was, H.W. Bush, at the time. So I'm just seeing the episode, you know, they're having a fight and I'm finding the funniness out of that or whatever. <laughs> so then when I watch it later on, that's when I understand, oh, you know, George H.W. Bush. Oh, look, there's George Bush. I just assumed 
I never yeah. realized they didn't know who that no, was at the time. So did. I'm watching it later on in years thinking, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, joking around another president there. Yeah, no, the, no, nobody knew. Um, from my understanding, nobody knew, unless you were in Texas, nobody knew who George W. Bush was until he started running for president. Wow. Which, to be fair, a lot, of the, a lot of the presidents of the United States, nobody know who they are, nobody knows who they are on a national level until they start running for president. Mm-hmm. E- except for people who are in office right now, which is a different story for a different day. I love my green card. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so they, they, nobody knew, and I think, I, I, like I said, I didn't know at the time, right? Because when I watched it, George Bush Jr. and Jeb Bush, and then like three, two or three years later, George Bush Jr. is running for president. It's only mm-hmm. when I like I read up on this episode um, a couple of years ago, I watched it another time, where they explained the joke to me, and I was like, "Oh my god, that that makes that joke now even funnier." Considering yeah, really... what we know now, you know, that's mad. <laughs> that's pretty crazy, really, how it worked out like that. Yeah. And you know, th- there's people in Florida who wish that uh, it, it had stayed the way it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I'm not anti- I'm not anti-Republican. I'm just anti-stupid people. Anyway, um, one of the things that um, one of the things I love about this episode was was the fight scene. And um, like he's got the CIA gear. You know, uh, this is a little t- trick we learned in the CIA. And he tries to garrote Homer with piano wire in a public street. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's it's brilliant. But uh, the Joker, uh, you guess those guys are barking up the wrong bush. Congratulations, Homer. That's the cleverest joke you've ever made, and nobody was around to hear it. (laughs) I think this Can't, can't be a good pun. Yeah, I think this was one of the first episodes where you saw Homer's descent into stupidity, though. Mm hmm. And. I don't know. You know, it it did do the whole thing, you know, President Bush gave me a spanking. Well, we don't believe in that in this house. No, we'll just choke bullet. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Poor Bart. Poor Bart. Um, but I think, it, I think it, go, it went to show something about Homer that we hadn't seen so far because we always knew that Marge was a dedicated mother, right? Mm-hmm. And we knew that Homer loved his kids, but he'd ne- he was never seen protecting them, you know? Yeah, and I think this was the first time you ever saw him protect either Bart or Lisa. I was just thinking then, you know, how you mentioned obviously, well, the the running gag for years was him choking Bart. Yeah, it, I mean, with the current climate, I guess, with um, how things are, do they even do that anymore? I don't know. I'll be completely honest. I have not watched a new episode of The Simpsons since the movie came out. Oh wow! Really? To to me, the movie was where they should have stopped. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that here in a couple of minutes because I want I want your opinion on that as well. Um, but um, this episode was absolutely hilarious. The idea, for a start, that look, I've been in in places in this town where I live right now, somewhere in northwest Louisiana, and we've driven down streets where you look on one side and it's a very very poor, dilapidated neighborhood. <laughs> And then, like, three or four blocks down the road, it's beautiful suburbia, right? But it's never on the same street, you know, if, if that makes sense. It's like, yeah. um, if you look on one side of the street and look on the other side of the street, it, it's pretty much the same. The idea that Evergreen Terrace in Springfield has these very, very nice homes on one side of the street and then these mansions on the other side of the street. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking out watching. <laughs> watching what Homer's doing. Yeah. Oh, my word. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's that's one of the great episodes. The only thing, like I said, the only downside I have on it was the whole Homer starting to get stupid. And um, not just Homer starting to get stupid, but there wasn't a musical number either. And But on the other hand, the rest of the jokes hit every single point. They, they hit every joke, hit its north the way it was supposed to. Yeah. And that that's what made it a great episode. It was an absolutely great episode. And that's again. That's one of my. That's one of my favorites because again, I like seeing. You know, I like seeing political crossovers in a lot of things. I'm not a big. I'm not a big political guy, but I like. I like listening to certain things like that. And it's good to see how, you know, people will take political stuff and twist it without making it political. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you can t- have a you can have a joke with it without actually making it a political statement. Yes, that's that's what I was trying to say, but I babbled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've only got a couple more to look at right now. Um, one of my favorite opening sequences of The Simpsons is in the episode "Bart Sells His Soul." That's where, for those of you who don't know what that episode is, you've probably seen it on YouTube once or twice. Okay, um, it's Sunday morning. Bart is handing out uh, hymn sheets at church. Straight from uh, God's mouth, the Orias, right? Was the tagline he was using. And so, please rise for our first hymn, In the Garden of Eden by I, Ron Butterfly. And then it goes into, like, for the, for, for people who know in the, in, in the Garden of Eden, it's an 18-minute song about sex, drugs, and violence. <laughs> <laughs> And only halfway through does Love Jack twig and go, wait, this is <laughs> this is rock and or roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. What, what a brilliant episode this is. Yes. This one scared me as a kid. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I guess I, I bought into it, didn't I? That, oh my God, maybe you can sell your soul. And then you're pretty much left with no one wanting to <laughs> take notice of you. Oh, sort of thing. So, some of the, some of the gags in that episode. Um, it it taught kids a valuable lesson very very early on. Number one, you don't mess with an organization's um, strictly tuned, you know, performance, right? Where, mm-hmm. where you know. And the second one was don't snitch. Because uh, and I'm thinking you think wait what what do you mean? Because like it's but you will have to clean out the organ for fouling it with Satan's music. And then he grabs Millhouse and says, You're coming along too, Snitchy. And it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, no. Um, you know, this is the thing about this episode. The only thing I remember about this... Because this was one of the rare episodes that had two equal time-consuming arcs at the same time. Mm-hmm. You had Bart selling his soul to Millhouse and looking to get his soul back and I really can't remember too much about that that side of things not not, not I, I don't get it you know yeah I remember the bikes the biker scene where um he's trying to cycle to find Millhouse somewhere yes I can't remember where and um basically that uh, what garbage sweeper um comes towards him he has to jump off his bike it, yeah. it takes up the bike <laughs> yeah I'm laughing thinking ahead and it takes up the bike spits the bike back out and it's like 
you know, looks brand spanking new and he's like, oh, what a bit of luck. Gets back on the bike, cycles, it falls apart. <laughs> and then he looks back and the guy driving the truck, oh, the sweeper, is laughing and like watching him laughing out his window like like a villain but then yeah. goes straight into the subway and it explodes <laughs> it's just like just, that's that's classic simpsons right there that is. perfect oh. um i think i Love remember it. the i think i remember the other half of this episode a little bit better i'll be i'll be completely honest um where uh more turns his bar from a bar to a family restaurant mm-hmm. uncle more's family feedback <laughs> <laughs> what a name! <laughs> where they had, where they where they were able to get a deep fryer from a bu- from a army surplus store that could deep fry a buffalo in forty five seconds. <laughs> and the only reason I remember that is because of the Homer line forty five seconds, but I want it now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh. But I think that oh. I think I think without realizing it, that was a great commentary on how people were becoming at the time because they wanted everything now, 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 now. And like, dude, it's less than a minute. Just, just chill, you know. It's, it's probably at its worst now as well with things like that. Yeah, people want everything instantly. Well, just again, as we spoke at the beginning of the episode, just look at the football fans of the world. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that's that's, uh, that's spawn. But um, no, what one one of the jokes I love about this is um, they do the, the the commercial for for the for the restaurant, and it's like if you want a a good family meal. And they got the meal, and then they deep fry the meal, and they pull it out, and it's all battered and everything, including the wine glasses, the cutlery. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh my days! It's like living in Scotland, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd make a joke about living in Ireland, but they didn't boil it. So um... <laughs> now, before anybody gets mad at me, I'm I'm I'm, I'm half Irish, so. Yeah, I have Scottish family too. There, so. you, there you go. Leave, leave, leave the hate, leave the hate mail. Um, what you do is you yeah. take you take the opinion, you lubricate it very, very slightly, and very, very gently insert it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I, I, I loved the, I loved it because the fact that at the time, right, a lot of the Simpsons episodes either focused on one of the one of the main family, or if they focused on somebody outside of the main family one of the main family was along for the ride, right? Mm-hmm. This was the first time where it focused on multiple members of the family all doing different things. If that makes sense. You know, it wasn't... Yeah. They weren't trying to take down a former president. They weren't, um, you know, trying to... Uh, they, they weren't trying to take down a country. They weren't talking about, um, you know, the whole episode talking about a, an album that was made seven years ago you know mm-hmm. it was basically Bart doing his thing Lisa doing her thing Homer doing his thing yeah. you know and and I think that was a turning point at the time to how they developed the shows but unfortunately it wasn't a great turning point because then they realized they could only focus on ha- you know they could split the plot line three four five different ways and diluted it yeah Definitely. It takes um, away from the episodes, really, doesn't it? It, it does. It does. Um, and, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't get Family Guy. And I still don't get Family Guy. You oh, know? I'm actually a Family Guy fan. And 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 not saying it's, it's bad or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. I just, I couldn't keep up with the, the, the first three episodes. The first three seasons of Family Guy are absolutely awful. The, the first time around. And I guess 
they ramped the formula up a little bit because I watched an episode and it was it was funnier, but I just couldn't keep up, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't get me wrong, it has some funny jokes, just like a lot of the the stuff you know that came out uh, that's even out there now, you know. And I just I've never been able to keep up with it when it's splitting the plot line too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess no, that's no, one, no, I totally get that. I guess that's one of the reasons why I preferred South Park to um, Family Guy. Not because, oh, of, not because South of the South Park's Park, amazing. not because of the South Park Family Guy feud or anything like that. But I mean, it was just South Park had a had a narrative, maybe a second narrative, but kept to it. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that episode, the episode of Bart Sells His Soul, was great in the sense that it showed two separate narratives, but at the same time, it kind of gave them the idea of if we can do two, we can do four. And if we can do four, we can do eight. And then uh, it just falls apart. Maybe Simpsons sold their soul that day. Yeah, they did. There you go. Oh, my. <laughs> that was horrendous, but there you go. <laughs> no, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh... <laughs> okay. You can't talk about The Simpsons without talking about the greatest ever um, secondary character, in my opinion. Um, honorable mention goes out to Lionel Hutz and um, Troy McClure who are two very, very memorable characters, and they have, you know, very, very good one-liners and stuff like that. And I think, but I think only one episode centered around either of them, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, fish called, I think it was a fish called Selma or something like that, where he, mar- where Troy McClure marries uh, Selma. Okay, fair enough. That, that that was an okay episode. It wasn't great, you know, but it was, it was, it was serviceable, right? Yeah. Sideshow Bob is, in my opinion, the greatest secondary character in The Simpsons. Or at least in the 90s he was. I mean, it's it's hard to argue. He uh, he, is, he has had some very memorable moments, and they've been pretty pretty funny. And I think Cape Fear was his best his best episode. Um, he was sending death threats in blood. Yeah, which led to which led to a really really funny funny joke. Right, he pricked his finger to write a death threat to Bart, and he wrote, "I'm coming to get you soon." Ha ha ha! He looks at the door, and then he starts doing the maniacal laugh, <laughs> and then his 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 finger still bleeding, and he passes out from blood loss. <laughs> you know, just that, that was, I don't know why I found that so funny. Um, the line about uh, "die Bart die." Oh no 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 no! That's German. The Bart the. Oh well, yeah. Well, no, <laughs> nobody who speaks German could be evil. <laughs> Just, no, that's that. good. I love that line. Um, the the trying to give the family new identities. Yo, hello, Mister Thompson. <laughs> Remember, you're no longer Homer Simpson. You're Homer Thompson. Oh yeah, I got it. Hello, Mister Thompson. <laughs> And I think the, the greatest part of that, I think this, again, you know, this, this Homer was, was showing stupidity in this one, but um, I think it was because he didn't understand as opposed to him just being stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, so when I press down on your foot three times, wink at you, oh, you reply, okay, hello, Mr. Thompson. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. <laughs> you know, just that... I can just picture it now, and it's. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what was the other? He would joke? drive you insane. He would drive you insane. He he would. Oh, what was the other joke? Oh yeah, okay. Um, he they move into a boathouse, right? And it's two o'clock in the morning. Bert's trying to sleep, and then Homer runs in, wielding a knife. Oh yeah. Yelling, and it's like, well, do you just want some brownies? You know, I've just made some brownies. <laughs> He's like, Dad, you can't do that. I'm scared. And Homer goes, 
Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Good night. And then he pulls the practical joke out. Hey, do you want to see the chainsaw hockey mask? And it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's another a great few moments. I mean, it's all coming back to me as well when you're yeah. saying it. Just, I can picture it. I can just picture it all now. It's, just oh, all, that's amazing. It went red and dark, and then all of a sudden it's real yeah. life. It's like, uh, oh, my word. And I think that the most iconic thing that people remember from this episode was the... Um, well, there's two things, and they both sent around Bob. The first thing was the um, the rakes. Yeah, definitely. I still I still reference that right now, to to, to this day. Um, I think it's one of the greatest gifts I've ever seen. You know that that, that they do. He literally steps on rakes for thirty seconds, <laughs> and it sounds stupid, right? But he's got that little uh, at yeah. the end of it. So yeah. bang, uh, bang. And it just keeps going, right? For like two minutes. Because two minutes, right? And then he gets on the boat to kidnap everybody. And when he finally gets on the boat, he's all triumphant. He takes one step forward. Smack. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's pretty much... That's a pretty iconic scene as well. Those scenes yeah, and are it, pretty iconic now. And it's so funny, too. Oh my word! And then, then the the other main thing was um, Bart tricked him using his ego to sing about uh, the 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 full score from the uh, musical HMS Pinafore. And you think what? But then you realize that I mean, Sideshow Bob's an entertainer and a showman, so it's going to play to his ego. But the thing I loved about it the most was Kelsey Grammer did a great job singing that stuff. I didn't know he could sing. I mean, all I knew him from was the uh, the the psychiatrist in Cheers and then in, in, in Frasier, you know, which was playing the same character. But um, I thought, you know, it was so funny. Oh, my word, it was so funny. And I guess th- that goes to what we were trying to say earlier that I've kind of danced, we've danced around, but let's, let's go ahead and say it. It's just not funny anymore. I agree, you unfortunately. Know, the, the, the best days are behind it, and in my opinion, they should, they just renewed it for two more seasons, right? And no, let it go. Let it die. I um, I watched, going back now, a couple of months ago, I think I tried watching some of the latest episodes, like the very latest episodes online. Yeah. And I remember I watched a couple and I just, I couldn't get through them. I had to turn them off. I was like, wow, what has happened to this? It's just not the same. No, and it's it's not even, you you, you can't really pinpoint it too. I mean, it was going downhill... And then they made the movie, and the movie was really good, right? I'll, 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 I'll hold my hand up. But at that point, I think they should have ended it, mm. because it was a real, real, you know, it was. It had all the classic jokes. It had all the classic irrelevance. It would have been the perfect way to wrap it up in a bow and finish it. I think it's 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 definitely a shell of its former self. And the movie, I liked it too. Yeah. Spider Pig. Spider, Spider Pig. Pig always sneaks out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. And then there's actually a really good YouTube video I stumbled across last year at some point. And I watched it. It's like 30, 35 minutes long. I wish I could remember the YouTube channel. But um, it's literally, uh, I think it's, some, it's titled something along like The Moment the Simpsons Died. And it's it just talks you through how how the jokes changed, how the format of the uh, show yep. changed, and just pinpointing how it just lost its uh, 
spark or it's i can't think of the word i'm looking for but i guess spark will do uh, yeah it, it it lost what made it what made it funny and yeah. not only that and i think you know this is and look right i understand that the show has some talented writers and the show has some fantastic voice actors mm-hmm. and the animation is spot on you know technically on a technical level it is still a good to great show it's just the content now is is okay we spoke about football at the very very beginning of this episode right the best mm-hmm. way I can the best way I can describe it is this the era that we are talking about right now is Arsenal FC from 1996 to 2005 you had two doubles three FA cups if you you know if you want to separate them out and the invincible season Arsene Wenger playing some of the most beautiful, getting his team to play the most beautiful football he'd seen in England at that time. You had Thierry Henry and Dennis Burkamp, Patrick Vieira, Gilberto Silva, Tony Adams leading from the back. And then it changed to Bentner and Squalacci. That's and, a downgrade and a half. Yeah. So now you, you you know, but then again, he, he did make the top four with that team. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. But like it went from being this world class place everybody wanted to join and, you know, to a joke. And the joke mm-hmm. wasn't funny anymore, you know. And right now, watching episodes of The Simpsons, uh, I mean, you use the Arsenal metaphor again, is like watching Arsenal versus Manchester United in August of 2011. And I watched every, I watched all 97 minutes of that game was that the 8-2 that was the 8-2 painful yeah after after and see it was 3-1 when we took uh, when we brought Chamberlain on and then it went to 8-2 so I understand why he did it you know it was like well it's only 3-1 we could get, we might be able to get something let's take off a defensive player put on an attacking player and then Jenkinson got sent off and then the, the rest is history but mm-hmm. Like that—that that was it. That was the point where you knew that something isn't right. Why? Why are we still watching this? And that happened in The Simpsons. Actually, just at the—it's either at the end of the nineties or just at the beginning of the two thousands with the uh, the principal and the pauper episode, where they brought in Armand Tamsarian. I actually think um, the YouTube channel I mentioned—that's the—that's yeah. where they pinpointed it to. And I just knew at that time they took like, how does a mother not know who who her son is? Mm. It just it it just didn't sit well, and that's where it started to go downhill. Um, Frank Grimes Jr. Sideshow Bob's brother. Why? So we can have a Fraser tie-in. You know, mm. it just it started getting really, really, really bad, and then not it started getting bad. Then not funny. Then not topical. Yeah, and and one of the the complaints I have with The Simpsons of late that I tried watching I always found The Simpsons early on at least when I was growing up to be a really easy watch something I enjoy something I could sit through and I could probably before I know it I've watched like six episodes in a row yeah and like I mentioned before I tried watching a recent episode and I could barely get through two like I really struggled because I was just like this is boring it's not an easy watch It's, it's not making me feel good about watching it and just chilling yeah it was just making me bored and, and not, the worst thing. And not only that, its crossovers back in the day were really, really good too. Um, you know, they had. I mean, look, they had the um, the, the critic come in, which was the other uh, Macroni project. They had a pop at um, King of the Hill, you know, but they were literally okay. The critic it was done 
because the critic used the same assets, you know, the yellow fingers, the full fingers, and everything like that, you know, that was easy to implement in the world. And any other cartoon cameos, they literally put in 10 seconds of. Mm-hmm. And then they did the Family Guy crossover a couple of years ago. And yeah, I watched from, that one. And from what I understand, uh, both Simpsons and Family Guy fans were like, oh, no. You know? Now, I don't know if it was any good or not. The only thing I remember is, like, the, the car wash scene. But it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. I know which one you mean. But it's like, you know, that right there was the telltale sign of a show struggling. Yeah. Creatively. Morally bankrupt. You know? It's... And, it, I, and I mentioned it earlier, right? And I joked about it earlier. But, um... The Simpsons hasn't had any mainstream competition ever. It actually hasn't, has it, really, when you think about it? Because when you look at it, right, you've got... Um, you know, the Simpsons in, in America, at least... I mean, I know in the UK it was on Sky for the longest time, and then it was on BBC Two. Right, great. But in America it was on, you know, what you know, terrestrial TV, right? All of the, the other shows, Beavis and Butthead... King of the King of the Hill was the second one that went mainstream on normal TV, but you had Beavis and Butthead, Daria, um, South Park, Futurama. They all started on cable. So you know, and then it didn't have anybody going up either head to head or at least a lead in or follow up. You know, and mm-hmm. I joked at the beginning. I joked at the beginning of this. It's like you know, like I'm I'm, I'm a wrestling fan. Uh, WWE needs to take a look at what's happened to the Simpsons because there's a new kid on the block right now about to take take the head off. AEW. Yep. Now maybe they will, maybe they won't. They haven't run a show yet. They haven't announced who's going to be the, the 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 head of creative or anything like that. But just the idea is making everybody uncomfortable, you know. And that's what's happened with the Simpsons. There's been nothing. Look, Family Guy is 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 a good. Uh, pretender to the throne, but that's all Family Guy is. Family Guy will... I, I don't think any show will have the impact that The Simpsons ever had. And, no. uh, and unfortunately, they've coasted on that reputation now for the past 15 years. I'd go along with that, definitely. And like you said with the wrestling reference, I'm a wrestling fan myself. Yeah. And um, when you think back to the 90s of wrestling, yep. Monday Night Wars, yep. I mean, if it wasn't for WCW, because at the time, WWE or WWF, as it was known, was floundering, to be oh, honest. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't a good product. And then WCW made them have to change. Yeah. It, and they had to up their game. And look, at, look, and, and a quick sidebar on that one. Looking back at that era, I think that, um, you know, a lot of people look at the, 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 the 90s wrestling with rose tinted glasses because mm-hmm. of, not because of what happened in the ring, but because of what happened out of it. You know what I mean? I mean, I, mm-hmm. okay. The, sorry for everybody going off on a tangent, but uh, like right now, okay, you 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 go on Twitter and you'll see somebody uh, sending a message to Jim Cornette over some guy doing a doing a splash in the ring or wrestling a a, a, a toy or something like that, right? Just mm-hmm. to get a reaction out of him, and then everybody will say, "Well, you know, WWF had Mae Young giving birth to a hand." Yeah, but there's a subtle difference there. One was done as comedy effect in a backstage skit; the other was done in the ring. <laughs> and I think that's what Big difference. Yeah, and that's what most people don't remember about the the attitude era is because the in-ring product with the exception of maybe about four or five people wasn't that good. No, but the storytelling was great. Exactly. And that's what's happened with the Simpsons. I know it's a weird tangent pulling back, but when you think about it, every episode of the Simpsons was either good or a classic. Mm-hmm. Now they're lucky to pull something that's good. It's quite sad really. It is. 
it's again we used the the analogy earlier. It's like watching Wenger at Arsenal last season. You love it, but you just want it to go away gracefully before it destroys what's left of its reputation. Yeah, and, Every, and, everything has to come to an end, doesn't it? And I think The Simpsons has destroyed its reputation. It's it's lived long enough to become the villain. Batman. So, there you go. So, all right. So <laughs> enough on, enough on the downloads. We'll be back here in a couple of minutes. We go ahead and talk about a few more things, and we will be right back. Alright guys, we just got a couple more things before we go ahead and get out of here. Once again, Luke, thank you for coming on board. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, you will be back later on in the season. We're going to be talking about Men in Black in, a, uh, in about four or five more episodes. And again, uh, for everybody who's listening, Checkpoint Reached is available. It is. It's um, available on every, pretty much every uh, podcast <laughs> app you can think of. That's <laughs> the best way of Sweet. plugging it. And you guys have a YouTube channel as well, right? Yes, so um, on our YouTube, it's uh, Checkpoint Reach Podcast. Sweet. Uh, and then if you want to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is at Chat Reach Pod. So um, yeah, it'd be great if you could give us a listen and hopefully you'll like what you hear. And uh, thanks for having me on again, John. I really oh. appreciate it. It's been good fun. Oh, no problem, brother. No problem at all. All right. Yeah, but guys, if you haven't listened, it's a really, really good podcast and I've enjoyed uh, the ones I've listened to. I haven't listened to all of them because I've been too busy trying to get this stuff done, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to get caught up as soon as possible. Next week, uh, Greg Gregory returns with us. We're going to talk a little bit more about The Simpsons, uh, get some, some more of the stuff that me and Luke touched upon today about, you know, maybe it should die gracefully and everything like that. And guys, if you were interested in our Patreon page, go ahead and pledge to us a little as $1 or £1 a month that will help keep the lights on and keep the ambition going. Uh, if you're on Facebook, look up Because Maybe Network. If you're on YouTube, look up uh, bit.ly bmnetwork-youtube. And of course, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and everywhere you can get podcasts. So until next time, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you soon.